Hey campers, this is the Resident Youth coming at you. We just wanted to give a little intro for this episode to just kind of warn people that this episode is a little bit of a hot mess, just like us, you've come to know and love. Some of the things that you're about to hear are allergies, uh, some phone interference as we recorded this episode across uh, two microphones for people across the country as producer Jenny and I were on vacation in South Carolina and Shay is on her cross-country road trip. So bear with us. This is before we figured out how to use the professional Skype recorder. So thank you all for for bearing with that. Um, You'll also hear some fireworks and some dog action. So uh, thank you everyone for being loyal listeners. And we really feel great about this episode and we wanted to preface it because there are some some technical issues, but looking back on this episode, the time that I've spent, you know, editing it and, you know, as a whole team, we've kind of looked back on it. And this this episode really shows what we're trying to do with Camp Adulthood. And that's showing very real stories from millennials um, about real issues. And it doesn't get any realer than deciding to have children in this environment, um, no matter who you are. So we hope that you find some common ground or some things that you might disagree with or some questions of your own that come up during this interview, and we hope you enjoy it. Thank you again to Becca for your candid conversation and lighthearted banter with us. It was very much appreciated, so thank you. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm the Resident Youth. And I'm Camp Adulthood. And we are here in our first telecommuting interview with Maddie and producer Jenny in South Carolina. And where are you, Shay? I am reporting from the lovely city of Orchard Park, New York, which is a suburb of Buffalo. Uh, Very excited to be here where they're celebrating Quaker Days, which is why you can hear the fireworks going off in the background. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes, lots of excitement, lots of ambient noise. Yeah, we have a lot of ambient noise here. We are at the beach house with Jenny and her whole extended family. And it's very exciting. So internet listeners, all 52 of you, if you hear ambient noise, that's why. We also have a guest, a studio audience guest, and an actual guest. So Cousin Bill, thank you for being here. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) And we have our actual guest, Becca, who we're going to ask questions about being an actual millennial person um, in a little bit. But I think first... um, Shay, if you had any millennial moments you wanted to discuss, if not, Jenny and I have one. Um, well, I mean, I think I think I kind of have two. I think the first is just everything went that went down in the 10 minutes before I got my act together to make this call. Um, you know, I think here I am a professional person who knows how to make a podcast and I'm like, "Wait, I have to use a microphone?" So, that was a good moment. Jay just thinks she can talk really loud. Yeah, can I just talk really loud? And, and it's like I'm on the phone. Pick it up. It's fine. Um, and the other thing I think um, for, again, for our internet listeners who may not know is um, I'm in the middle of a big move cross country. I think we've talked about it briefly, um, but moving is really hard and I really like needed my mom, which made me feel like I was a small child. And then she showed up and moved a lot of furniture. So I was like doing all of these things. I bought a car and I, you know, closed the direct TV account and did all that kind of annoying shit. Um, 
But then I was like, I need my mom to buy me a pizza. So I thought that was a very millennial moment. But how about you guys go on ahead? Well, Jenny, you can feel free to to chime in. But uh, young Jenny and I here, we spent a lovely afternoon, just the two of us. And we spent 10 of our own hard-earned dollars at a arcade for children. (laughs) (laughs) Completely sober. And and we had so little prizes that our only options were candy. (laughs) So we spent all... We could have no. gotten a kazoo. We, there oh. were some prizes, but we chose candy. But we couldn't even get, like, the good candy. There was, like, no Skittles, no Starburst. Maddie got three Laffy Taffy, and I got one Airhead. Where's your temporary tattoos? Oh, I didn't get temporary tattoos. We only got candy. It was super lame. But, um, yeah, it was it was delightful. It was delightful. And then um, our other... I guess this is more of, like, a, a campfire topic. But, um... Someone brought up the concept, Shay, you might know about this because you yeah. have more like, ch- you have more friends that have children. Why, yes, I do. Um, someone mentioned today, one of Jenny's extended family members mentioned they met someone yesterday who was going on a bachelor party. And it's, <laughs> it's like a bachelor party. It's like a party before you become a dad. Like your wife is pregnant and you leave your pregnant wife and you go party with your male friends that sounds shitty yep that's all that was the general consensus of everyone here good i'm glad we all agree that if you're pregnant or if your wife is pregnant you should not be running off and getting wasted and doing whatever and also i think they were going to a baseball game exactly i feel like this may be something that comes up later in tonight's conversation but I, I think that's also a really American concept that once you become a parent, your whole life ends. And I was reading this really inter- interesting article today about this couple who have two little kids. And w- when they got married, they were like, we really want to hike everywhere, just like we used to do before we had kids. And um, so they did. And people like stare at them on the hiking trails like they're committing child abuse. And they're like, we just plan better. And then we take the kids and our life is the same. And I was like, yes, because your life isn't like, obviously your life changes, but it should be getting bigger, not smaller. I agree. Yeah. I think that's pretty spot on. So that's and my opinion. Yeah. And guys, internet listeners, I'm sorry. I keep like sniffling that I have allergies. There are lots We're of cats here. Today. It's fine. So... Do you want to come in? We are you can come in. We're recording. <laughs> you may go play cards if you like. <laughs> he definitely thought this was real weird. <laughs> 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 so for Shay's benefit and for our internet listeners, because we're not cutting any of this out, um, <laughs> another one of Jenny's family members just walked in <laughs> and saw the three of us sitting on a bunk bed and recording and thought it was weird and then left oh well we all we know how much everyone in this podcast loves bunk beds i do love bunk beds i brought that up and everyone thought it was a bad idea that i wanted to get bunk beds with my boyfriend because i don't like sharing a bed with other people (laughs) but i wanted to get thank you i'll bring it up again just so we can like take a poll because mike coscarelli thought it was a bad idea one of our previous guests i want to get one of those like futon couches 
So, you know, you can make it a full-size bed if you want, but then I can go up to the twin-size bed and sleep in my own comfort. Thoughts? I Do mean, it, man. I mean, that's part of being a grown-up. Thank you. Who, like, goes out and buys her own furniture. Oh, my God, the fireworks are so loud. Um, <laughs> I think that I'm afraid that you may lose some of the intimacy of having a live-in boyfriend. So what's the scenario when you would like to share a space when your partner... You put down the futon bed. You make the couch portion into a oh, full-size bed. Oh, hanky on a futon? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I know. No one likes it. It's fine. <laughs> but I like the concept. Can you do double bunk beds? Like like, like a double bed on the bottom and a double bed on the top? Yeah, but that my bed my bedroom is so small that I don't think it would work. It would not be practical. Anyways, seems like the idea, yet again, no one likes it. All right, shall we, do you have any other topics, Shay, or shall we delve into our interview portion? Uh, I think my campfire is roaring, and I'm ready for the interview. Okay. Um, Here today with us, we have Becca, who is producer Jenny's sister, and she has graciously um, agreed to be on the podcast, and she has a lot of interesting life experiences and things that we can discuss. So thank you for being here. Oh, sure. So I think first, um, just to place you on the millennial spectrum, can you tell us where you were born, what year you graduated from college, where you went to college, where you live now, basically everything about your life? So I was born in Massachusetts, but I feel like I spent my formative years in North Carolina and then ended up staying there for college. Um, I went to NC State in Raleigh. And then immediately after college, I was out of there. I love snow and public transit. No joking. (laughs) Like, actually, I really love snow. So I ended up in Boston right after school. And when did I graduate college? That would have been 2008. So I am 31. So I guess I'm on the older side of the millennial spectrum. Yes, you are our, You are in the ancient millennial category. I have a category? Yes. <laughs> I feel so special. Yes. Jenny, Jenny and I are young millennials. People who are like 25, 26 are like regular millennials. And then people who are like 30, 31 are like ancient millennials. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> we just had another interruption into the bedroom. We should have put a sign on the door. This is going well. There's a cobbler running upstairs. I would like some blackberry cobbler, please. Shay would like some blackberry cobbler. Great. <laughs> so, producer Jenny, isn't that part of your job description? What? That you acquire cobbler? Oh, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Do you need, does our special guest need cobbler? <laughs> Okay, so back back to the good stuff. So now you live in Boston, and what do you do in Boston? In Boston, I'm a graphic designer and brand strategist for a small firm downtown. Oh, what does that mean, brand strategist? Sounds fancy. Um, it's like the step before figuring out what you're actually going to design. So it's taking the – trying to figure out what the core of an organization is um, and summing it up in a really tight package and then we use that to inform where their brand should go so you know like what your logo is and your typeface and your color and how you talk about it and how all those pieces fit together very cool very cool and how long have you lived in boston 
since oh you graduated? My goodness. Yeah, right after I graduated. Um, so what am I, like eight years now? Wow. Very nice. Do you think you're a Boston lifer? Oh, yes. I feel very firmly rooted. But cool. let's not talk about buying condos. Yeah. Becca was talking earlier. It's very hard in the Boston market. So I think the main reason why we wanted to have Becca on the podcast is because she has expressed, which Shay and I have talked a lot about this, but we haven't met an actual other person who has thought seriously about it and not just in a, you know, fly by your seat kind of way. Maybe Becca has, she's giving me looks, but uh, you have thought about having children on your own. And so we were hoping you could kind of talk us through how you um got to that point where you've even considered that and how seriously of an option you think it is now or if it's just kind of like oh something you're thinking about no I think it came up because when you're sitting there waiting for that person who you want to do the family thing with to walk into your life that's out of your control um so I think I had, you know, I've been scouting around for that person for quite some time and they have not appeared yet. Um, And having kids is, it's never been an option. It's always in every picture of the future life of Becca, there are kids. Um, So it really came about when I decided I don't want to wait for that person to show up. Like if they show up, that's great. If they don't, then, you know, I was raised by two strong like female role models and you know I think I think there are a lot of unknowns there um but I feel like I could take it on myself so Becca um obviously being an ancient millennial like yourself this is something I've also thought about side note it's really hard to make sure I'm both talking into the phone And the microphone at the same time. So if you can't hear me, let me know. Um, We can hear you just fine. Okay, good. Um, Something I've thought about a lot because as a fellow ancient millennial who's also, you know, I wouldn't say I'm one of those active searchers for that person, but I'm definitely very open and I've certainly dated and, you know, but I'm not, I'm 33 and I'm not currently in a long-term relationship or have anything that even could remotely turn into that on the horizon. So I've thought a lot about that. And I recently had, I was all gung ho ready to go with my plan for having babies on my own. And recently I've really pulled back from that a little bit, which we can go into more, but I was just kind of wondering like what your timeline is and are you thinking you want to, you would adopt a kid or find a sperm donor or do the good old whoops I got knocked turkey baster method it's my favorite yeah it's a good one I don't think there'll be a turkey baster involved I guess I was I I think there are a lot of options for actually the logistics of how you do it um and I'm I sort of between sperm donor or like oh hi nice person on the street would you like to come hang out later or adoption I guess I don't have strong opinions between the options um i'm assuming once i get to that point where it's like okay it's time there'll be financial and logistical considerations Uh, but it's more like the picture of my future Mm -hmm. is not just me 
And do you have like a timeline where you're like, if I don't have that partner by this age that I'm going to plan B? I did. I was thinking like 35 ish. Uh But then, you know, when like the videos pop up on Facebook, (laughs) I saw one recently that said you're actually fertile longer than you hear about in media like you might have till you're like 38 or 40s and you're only slightly less fertile now this is a, this is a video that popped up on facebook so i don't actually <laughs> know if this is a legit thing it's on my list to research at some point but also like your your mom was like an older mom too so she was fertile like well into her 40s so yes i, I have fertile genes going into my 40s she threatened me with that in high school. She'd be like, just so you know, we're super fertile. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good grief. I feel left out because I didn't get that one. What is she saying about... Why didn't I... <laughs> okay, this is an offline conversation that you guys can have on your own. Okay, thank you. Back to the interview. Well, I was just going to say there's a really wonderful article that is now a bit dated because I first read it in 2014, but it really like blew my little 28-year-old mind at the time, however old I was. I can't do math backwards. Um, And it was in the Atlantic, so it's like real journalism, not some video on Facebook. Um, And it talks about that and how, and I was just reviewing it, and we'll post it for um, our listeners on the website, but the article basically talks about how all of that data that says, you know, after 27 or whatever, your fertility declines rapidly is all kind of bullshit. And it's based on data that was collected over centuries when we didn't have modern prenatal care, we didn't have antibiotics, and we didn't have all of that. So it basically talks about how your fertility doesn't rapidly decline until really after 40. And there's all these really great statistics that are talking about, well, it's like there's all these things you can do that basically your fertility is the same from like 22 until 40. And still, even then, you're only like 48 even if you're like at your most fertile and you're like 17, you're only 48% likely to get pregnant if you have sex on your most fertile day. So, which is another fun is fact. True. I did read that statistic as well. Yeah. So can you, anyway, can you it's a really send me this article? article. We're going to post it for everyone, yeah. including our internet listeners. That's amazing. I think that sounds like the science that this silly Facebook video was based on. Yes. Good to know it's legit, potentially. It's legit. It's legit. So, do millennials use that word? Is legit an okay millennial? I think legit's okay. I think it's fine. Okay, just checking. Thank you. Uh, So, Becca, what's your experience with infants? Well, I I have a little sister, and I was seven when... I was seven when she was born, so I very much remember her as an infant. Uh Um, And I babysat for a long time, and I've had friends with small children i think i think it's it's sort of a different situation when you can hand when you can hand them back versus having it on your own like i'm a little terrified of the thought of having a small child that depends on me for all of its needs and it's just me yeah yeah if lena dunham can do it did anyone watch the last episode of girls not yet yet. oh well (laughs) spoiler alert she like gets knocked up by the guy who was in the night of like rot what is his name i can't remember but that actor he's like a surf instructor and he like knocks her up and she like has the baby on her own and is like a single mom yeah that's how the series ends and and how does she do 
she like moves to the Berkshires and is basically just like, I'm going to be a mom now. Like, it seems fine. But like, she has the baby in the last episode, basically. So you don't really see the like full outcome. But she has like her mom comes and like helps her and she has like friends and stuff. I don't know. I thought it was kind of dumb, but. That's also TV. Yes. Well, and Rory at the end of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. There's a lot of examples out there. So do you want, I was going to ask you a little bit about your current dating situation. (laughs) Okay, sure. So what, what's it like and how is it playing into this having a baby on your own idea or is it not at all? Oh God, no. It like comes up on like your second or third date of like, so person I've made out with once on a street corner. How do you feel about your future like where do you see yourselves in 10 years in 10 years um so right now i'm currently dating someone who absolutely does not want kids and we are madly in love with each other oh sweet um and he tells me he can't wait to meet my babies someday i hope he doesn't mind me saying that it's okay we're not gonna say who it is who he is yeah no we can leave his name out but um it's so he wants to, like, be around, but he's like, I'll just be lurking in the corner, and you can, like, have your kids over do your thing, but I'll just, like, be here? Is that what it is? I'm envisioning, like, a friend, <laughs> like, a really good friend situation, because um, he's also trying to set me up with some of his friends, even though we're... Sounds like a good wingman slash friend, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you sometimes you have those relationships in your life where you just fit together like like in the cheesy rom-coms and those don't come along very often so we've been dating for a year and you know when you have that situation it's like i don't want to pass it up to have a cheesy rom-com for a little while yeah you're having fun you're living your best life shay do you have any questions i want to make sure we're guess why no, sorry. I was just sitting here contemplating everything. Um, why is he setting you up with his friends? That seems unusual. That seems like a special type of relationship. Because I think he genuinely knows how important it is to me and wants me to reach that goal. Huh. Oh, and he doesn't know what his own goals are. Or he does. And they're just different. No, yeah, he does, and his don't include kids, and yeah. so we are fundamentally incompatible in that way. And do you think you'd ever change your stance on wanting kids, or is that like a non-negotiable 100% happening? At this moment, it's a non-negotiable, but who knows what the future holds? I've also warned Jenny that I might end up being a super involved aunt. And moving next door. And she, at the time, was okay with it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong Jenny with that. has no memory of this. <laughs> For the right, record. Jenny, you already agree. You signed a blood contract. It's all, it's all over now. You're going to yeah. co-parent some little adorable uh, no, children totally with your sister. No, I'm totally in the cool category because I'm pretty sure my brother's going to have like 12 children and I'll just have zero and then I'll move next door to him and like babysit them that's like definitely what's gonna happen i, think, I mean i i think i would be okay with in like that scenario of you know i'd want to conversations up front and 
make sure both grown-up parties are on the same page. But being a super involved aunt in Jenny's children. Um, I've also, like, had conversation with, with, with friends about, you know, do me and... Like co-parenting kind of thing? Yeah, potentially. It's it's come up. I haven't found the right friend yet. Um, but I'm open to that possibility. There's a tribe in Africa that uh, does that, well, with um, the women co-parent like they pair off in couples and co-parent the children and they just use the men for sex and procreation. Sounds ideal. Sounds amazing. What a great idea. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Can we go there? We can. I forget what part of Africa it is in, but I will look it up and also post it on our website. (laughs) This is great. So many articles, so much education happening on this very professional podcast we have. I'm learning so much. This is basically NPR over here, kids. Uh, yeah so shay what's what, what's your like plan for this well i mean i think i have for a long time felt very similar to similarly to you in that i always see myself coming kid with kids i come from a family where you know family is very important and i have a as cheesy as it may sound a legacy that i want to share and i'd love to um have children, preferably more than one, although not an excessive number. Um, and and plan A is definitely to have that with a, you know, within the bounds of a, you know, long-term heterosexual uh, monogamous relationship. But I also am, again, 33 and change. And I realize that that you know, and I've never really had, I've had plenty of boyfriends off and on, but I've never really had a serious boyfriend. And I am at a point in my life where I'm not changing anything about myself. So whatever that thing is that doesn't make these people want to commit to me is not changing. Uh, so that finding that person may not be in the cards for me. And I'm totally okay with that. And very much um, like you, I was like, you know what? I'm totally fine having a kid on my with on my own. I'd like to have my own biological child. Um, I knew that living in New York City wouldn't be conducive to that, and it was one of the catalysts. Can for I this insert move into? Can I insert into your yeah, story, of Shay? So when I first moved in with Shay, she was like, "If I don't have a boyfriend in the next like year or two, I'm going to have kids by myself." And I was definitely like very into the apartment baby idea for a oh, while. Oh my god, Maddie! Lest I kind we of forget about the apartment baby. Maddie really wanted me to get knocked up while we were living together, and we could have a baby in the apartment. I just really like having babies around. And I lived in the smaller bedroom, and I was like, again, the bunk beds. I was like, I could get one bunk bed, and we could put the crib under the bunk bed, <laughs> and it would be really fun. Aww. And Shay was like, that's a terrible idea. And now that I've matured and grown up a little bit i was like yes yeah having babies is a nightmare but they're cute to look at very very fun very fun to play with um yeah so that was kind of all what was swirling around in my little head and that a couple things have made me really pause and take stock of whether or not having a kid on my own i mean again if i like went out and had a crazy night and got knocked up I would make it work. Um, but whether or not planning to do that is really something that I want. And, um, the first thing is just having, I think more and more of an intimate look into my friends who've had babies, um, through both the 
the process of pregnancy and how terrifying that is. I mean, I have several friends who almost died. And another fun fact, the maternal mortality rate in the United States is higher um, than in any other developed nation. So that's fun. Um, And also just seeing my friends kind of become moms is like so wonderful and so beautiful, but it, you know, even the ones who are doing a great job of balancing it, it, you know, I just think the, I've seen what it really is like to care for a tiny helpless creature. And I really started thinking about that. And I'm in no means what I'm about to say, trying to compare my dog to a baby. But before I adopted my puppy in October, I was like, I've baby. I love kids. I've babysat my whole life. I'm super good with babies. Like I get it. And then I adopted this like 12 pound puppy and I was like, oh no, 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 no. I was like, I love this puppy, but I can literally not only should do stick it in a cage for four hours at a time. I'm encouraged to stick it in a cage for four hours at a time. And I still feel that with babies. Yeah. You can't do that with a baby. And, um, I'm so in love with this little creature and I just like cannot imagine how I would feel about a baby and how wrecked I would be with a baby on my own. And having the dog, I was the first time I was ever like, Oh, I want a boyfriend because I need someone to help not only share in the struggles of this, but like, yeah, the joys of it. So I just, it kind of has really made me take pause, but again, it's, I guess I'm just feeling more up in the air about it. I still think I want to have children and I still think if it doesn't happen for me naturally, I would take that plunge on my own, but it's a lot more scarier. It's a lot more scary to me than I thought it was six or eight months ago. So anyway, that's my story. So I, I finally feel like I'm at a spot in Boston where I have a large enough community where I think I wouldn't feel alone because I have enough friends and I have a really strong network through my spiritual community and through some other like volunteer activities that I'm a part of. Um, And it took me a long time to get to the point where I felt rooted enough and and knew enough people in the area and felt like I had a support structure. Mm -hmm. So you're moving across the country, Shay, like, do you know people in Seattle? Uh, well, first of all, I'm not necessarily moving to Seattle. That's just one of many cities on the list. Um, and I think, again, and this is not to be contradictory, um, but I feel like I had a very good community in New York. And no matter how wonderful your community is, there's a difference between having people who will, I don't know, help you move and people who will be there at 2 a.m., when the baby is screaming their heads off. And again, I'm only saying this because I know that like how hard it was again to get these amazing people to step up for a tiny puppy. Thank you, Maddie and Jenny. Um, So I couldn't imagine when it's a baby and you actually feel more involved in it. I mean, my choice and the way the thought of having a baby on my own was involved in my move is that I wanted to move with enough time, um, So my family is all on the West Coast. It was about being in the same time zone um, as my parents. Um, And it was about being there by the time I was 33, 34, so that if I wanted to have a baby at 36 or 37, that would give me 
three or four years to get established. Um, close. To, yeah. Did you want to say something, Becca? Yeah. Like, so one of the things I've, I have not figured this one out and this one feels really more daunting than a lot of the other things is financially I, that like, I, I do just fine and, you know, live fairly comfortably on my salary. Um, but thinking about like bringing another human into this world, I, I don't know that my current income would stretch, um, that, and that feels like a hurdle. I'm not sure how to get over based on my like current experience and expertise and skills. Yeah. I mean, I think that that makes sense. And again, like that was a big part of my move was just to make sure I would be in a financial place to do that. But for me, the finances always seems kind of a little bit on the easier side because you can always move to the burbs and take a second mortgage. And I mean, I figure if people, teenagers who make $10,000 working a year at Dairy Queen can have a baby and figure it out. Like I probably can too. So. I mean, she's not wrong. Um, but who knows? Also, babies can eat on your boob for free, I think. That's what I was told. That is true. That's going to be the name of this episode. Babies can <laughs> eat on your boobs. boob for free. But I also think it's hard, like, for me right now, because, again, I'm seeing all of this, like, really kind of the dark side of all of this. But, you know, then when I, like, I'm about to go on baby palooza trip after I leave my family here in Buffalo and see a lot of my friends from college. And these kids are just amazing and sweet and they're easy babies. And then you walk away from that and you're just like, I'm going to have a baby tomorrow because this is awesome. Baby fever is real. Should we get the opinion of someone who's actually had a baby? Bill shaking his head now. <laughs> no. Does Bill have a baby? Who is Bill? Bill has two kids. Shaywin, I have a few few kids and uh, you gotta get it closer. You gotta be like very close. Even Bill. really close. Um, and when you were talking about um, babies, babies can uh, eat for free. I mean, I'm just visioning how you were gonna do work and have the baby eating all at the same time, kind of thing. Because <laughs> I, I mean, childcare can run you know ten to twenty thousand a year. That's well, exactly. Money. That's tough to swing. I, I don't even know how I possibly made it through that whole deal, actually. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Shay? Well, I mean, I, again, I think this is all complicated and we're, you know, Beck and I are very lucky to be in a position where we can think about these things and apply kind of this kind of ration rationale and logic to it and how are the budgets how's the budget going to work out and how's it going to happen and who's going to care for the baby and what's my community like and we're very privileged to be able to even ask those questions so I guess there's a part of me that's like that's true and again that goes back to why I'm moving so that I can make the money I was making in New York and bank you know have way more disposable income that I can save to put towards child care and I think when you do want to plan to be a single parent there's a lot more planning that goes into it and a lot more saving that has to go into it than if you have well, a dual income like it's a priority for you you make it a priority yeah. and you sacrifice other things exactly but all that being said if you want a kid and you get knocked up and it happens or you know a baby is left on your doorstep by the stork like you figure it out you know it's not people have been figuring it out for millennia you'll make it work that's true so 
have any last last thoughts on this topic before we move into our rapid fire questions? Becca or Shay, since I have no skin in the game. Um, I don't, but I, uh, listeners would love to hear, um, and maybe I'll ask this question as I'm traveling and maybe on Monday, uh, or during our next interview, we are interviewing a millennial mom. So, um, although we're not interviewing her about motherhood, perhaps we can ask her a few questions, but I'd like to hear, especially if there are any single moms out there who have, you know, made a choice to do it on their own, um, what that experience has been like. I'd love to hear about that. So please email us at hello at campadulthood.com. Nice plug. Thank you. All right. Rapid fire questions for Becca. Favorite book. Okay, let's go. Favorite book, she said. Oh, favorite book. Um, Right now I'm reading The Happiness Project by Jonathan Haidt. Favorite movie. Uh, I haven't heard of that one. The Princess Bride. Oh, favorite childhood TV show? Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost Rider was my favorite too. It's so good. Uh, favorite childhood snack? Can it still be my current favorite snack? Sure. Donuts. All the donuts all the time. Oh, my God. Also, let's back up a second. Do Maddie and Jenny even know what Ghost Rider is? Nope. Never heard of it. Ugh. You can't. You couldn't have seen this, but I made a really excited face at my sister because I also love that TV show. I'm pretty sure our dad, like, taped it for both of us, and it got passed down to me after Becca watched them all. Oh, my God. It's like a ghost typewriter that solves crimes. It's very cool. Sounds nerdy. Y'all are a bunch of nerds. Did you know it's on YouTube? All right. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a new one for you because you're because of our line of questioning. Uh, favorite baby name? Ooh. No top secret. <gasps> you're not gonna give us a hot take? Nope. Jenny and I have discussed it. She How knows. about favorite baby name of a baby you know out in the world, like a, a a friend's baby or a cousin or something? No, no favorites. I have a really good friend who's. She's five or six now, and her name is Mary, and I think she's pretty cool, so I automatically like her name. That's a classic. My mom's name is Mary. Good. Mary's a good name. Mary's a good name. Um, uh, favorite, favorite year in elementary, year school? elementary school? Oh, kindergarten. Nap time. Great time. Uh, favorite year in high school? None. <laughs> when it was over? Am I the only millennial who liked high school? I think I might be. I think so. We've asked a lot of our guests and they're all like, high school sucked. I was like, high school was awesome, guys. It didn't suck, but I was very happy to not be there anymore. Oh, my God. Um, Sorry, guys. I keep blowing my nose. It's I'm a trash person right now. <laughs> we um, love it. This is going to be some <laughs> really good We're so authentic. Great audio. Um, and then final question. Um... Or for me, Maddie. Actually, Maddie, what are your questions? You do your questions. Um, I don't really. Oh, what it? What's your favorite place you've traveled outside of Boston? Turkey. Nice. That's my only one that I like. That's outside of Shay's list. So, okay. that's it. Does anyone else? Ha- oh, go ahead, Shay. Oh no, that's all. I was just gonna say I feel given the rocky start to tonight's episode, I feel like. This was an excellent conversation, and I just wanted to thank Becca for being a part of it. 
Oh, sure. Happy to join. Yeah. I have uh, lots of opinions and other things, too, so just yeah. let me know. Oh great. oh, great. What's a burning opinion you have right now? Something about millennial life, because I did want to ask you about this. This is where I was going next. Uh, well, actually, the, the top of mine is opinion on donuts. Um, like, cake donuts can just, like, go throw them oh. in the ocean. They're like, my favorite kind of donut. Corey, that's, Corey also doesn't like, he's one of those, I know the Mayfield family really loves um, Krispy Kremes. I mean, Krispy Kremes. This podcast is not sponsored by Krispy Kreme, but if they wanted to, we'd be about it. A better way to donut. Will we'll work for donuts? You can feed babies donuts, right? Like, that's a thing. <laughs> babies love donuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, Corey hates, he only likes cake donuts. Oh, delicious. Dear. Maddie. <laughs> What are you doing? That might be the downfall of our relationship. Also, the fact that we might be getting bunk beds <laughs> and we'll apparently never touch each other again, according to everyone that I talked to about this. So I guess I'm the one that's losing at life, clearly. Well, we don't have to worry about you having an apartment baby then. Yep. Nope. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, Becca and Cousin Bill for being here. I'm Maddie Yergi. We're produced by Jenny Mayfield. Thank you, Shay. And I'm Shay Keats, and uh, we appreciate you guys hanging in there with us. Um, Email us at hello at camp adulthood and follow us at camp underscore adulthood. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of vacation. Thanks. What? What, Jenny? You didn't say to rate and review us on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe. Rate review. Yes. All right. Hey, campers. It's me again. I uh, hope you enjoyed that interview. Thanks again to Becca and producer Jenny for all their hard work with this episode. Um, just wanted to give you guys the social media. Um, you might have been listening to this episode and you might have been like, that's different. Or I have a question or I have some feedback for the hosts or production team. And you are in luck because we have a lot of ways that you can get in touch with us and send us questions or your feedback. If there's something that we said on this podcast that you disagree with, or you have more expertise than we do, which God knows there are a lot of you that know more a lot about a lot of this stuff than we do. So we welcome that. And again, we want this to be a group effort. And you guys teach us things every day. So we know where our shortfalls are and we want to get better. So Please send anything and everything um, on Instagram and Twitter to at camp underscore adulthood. You can send emails, long or short, whatever, pictures too, if you want us to put them up on the, on the social media, if you're doing something especially noteworthy or trash baggy, whatever. Uh, email is hello at campadulthood.com. You can also visit campadulthood.com um, for links to articles that we talk about in the episodes, for pictures of the guests, for different resources, and for all the streaming links of the episodes. Um, bios about us, everything is up there. So please visit us. Um, thank you again for listening. It means the world that people are actually listening to this and getting something out of it or starting a conversation either with us or amongst yourselves. Um, this is just the beginning. Thanks. Bye. Do 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 do